This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by SearchWP. Find SearchWP at searchwp.com. Let's talk about the power of their metrics add-on for a moment. Since I redesigned the Matt Report website, I put search front and center on my homepage. Why? Search WP metrics. Metrics give me the inside data to what visitors on my site are looking for. I love the graphs and the actionable advice that it provides me. I can make informed decisions to create new content or optimize existing content that my audience is searching for. Remember when Google gave you all of that search data? Yeah, it was great back then, way back then when they gave it to us, they don't give it to us anymore. Put on-site search front and center for your visitors. Get that data back. Get SearchWP at searchwp.com along with their metrics add-on. That's searchwp.com. Thanks for supporting the show. Want to save 35% on iThemes security plugins? Use code MATREPORT at iThemes.com security. That's iThemes.com security. Keeping WordPress sites secure is no easy task and the one that you can't always just leave up to your web host. If you're an agency owner, there's nothing worse than getting that call from a client saying they have spam links dropped into their footer or thousands of registered spam users in their WordPress site. Or how about the server crashing because of bots or hidden processes running in a rogue plugin? Put that superhero cape away. You don't have to be the wonder security woman for every single client. Leave that up to the pros. Leave it up to iThemes security plugin. Save 35% on iThemes security plugin. Use code MATREPORT at iThemes.com slash security. That's code MATREPORT at iThemes.com slash security for 35% off your purchase. Thanks for supporting the show. Operating system for the web has lingered around the old noodle since I heard Matt Mullenweg mutter those words some six or eight years ago. The headline made news again on TechCrunch back in 2019, alongside the news of Automatic raising $300 million from Salesforce Ventures. I don't feel the need to get caught up in debating what it means at this moment, other than, yeah, I'm in. I'm at the point where I feel like I should have a blog post dedicated to my time in Drupal 5 using CCK and Views modules, and how powerful that made me feel as a non-developer, just to point to when I mention it, like I am right now. I want WordPress to be a hub where I can interface and model or display data with a layer of user access on top. Plugins like WP GraphQL fascinate me, but I'm still too afraid to touch them because I'm not a developer. Again, this is why I built Conductor plugin years ago. Back when I ran PluginAwards.com pre-COVID, WP GraphQL was the highest rated plugin in that little experiment of mine. But what is this unicorn plugin I see so many developers talking about? I invited Jason Ball, the creator-maintainer of WP GraphQL, which is a derivative of GraphQL, a query language for your API. He answered questions like, why isn't WP GraphQL in WordPress core? And when will we ever get a page builder-like interface for it? But first, we pick up on Jason telling us what WP GraphQL really is. What is WP GraphQL in general? So WP GraphQL is a free open source WordPress plugin that you can install to your WordPress site. And it makes your WordPress site a GraphQL API which turns us to what's a GraphQL API. So GraphQL API, when you activate the plugin, your site gets an endpoint, typically slash GraphQL. It's a developer tool, but developers can then send requests to that endpoint to get data from WordPress or send data to WordPress. Like you could send data from an external system to WordPress to create posts or pages or whatever like maybe your iPhone, for example. And then you can also ask for that data and render that data in something 
that's not WordPress, like an iPhone application or a single page JavaScript React application or something like that. As a former agency owner, I think one of the, and I think this still happens today. I think this is still like a use case that pops up in a lot of like boutique agency owners is, hey, the local city government's coming to me and they want to build a tourist site. And now this is something that I've, I, I have actually have deep experience in it, experience in. The local government says, hey, we want to build out a tourist directory site. We want to have a map of all these locations. And as the, as the WordPress developers, we go, ooh, custom post types, custom fields, right? And we start building out, we start architecting the way that this data might be stored. And then suddenly the city comes to you and they say, can we turn this into an app? <laughs> and you're like, well, we didn't scope it for that. Yeah. But through the magic of WP GraphQL, you can expose this data from WordPress, let's say a custom post type, let's say a custom field to hook in and build these things. And we see this, or I see this now that I'm ex exploring the no-code space a lot with like Webflow and Airtable. These are largely non-developer tools to a degree, kind of, sort of, and people are like connecting Webflow accounts to Airtables, making these connections. This is sort of kind of the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like uh, Webflow is a little bit different. Like in Webflow actually it gives you like all these visual tools to to build the front end as well. WP GraphQL is just focused on the data side of things and exposing data from WordPress and an access layer to pull data from and send data to WordPress. Uh, Webflow does have CMS capabilities too, but they're I would say they're more of a visual tool. Something like Airflow or Airtable is, yeah, kind of like that. It's like a place to put your data, but then whatever you do with that data is still kind of up to you. Or Contentful is another popular one these mm -hmm. days. You sign up for Contentful and you can create your data models for your content, populate the data, and then it just gives you APIs to get that data out and do something with it. It doesn't give you, like WordPress gives you the theme layer built in, in PHP, and you got to write PHP templates to, to render something. Contentful doesn't give you that front end. It's like, here's data, you can manage it and shape it how you want, but you have to figure out how to use it still. If you want to build an app, build an app, the data is just data now, and you could structure it however you want. So on the WordPress side, we have tools like advanced custom fields or the similar tools in the space like Metabox.io or like CMB2 from Web Dev Studios, tools like that that allow you to build forms on custom post types to enter data. So you can structure the data input in WordPress, but it's still, okay, how do I get this out of WordPress in a context that, like an iPhone application, like mm -hmm. you said, somebody says, hey, build me this map in an app. Well, shoot, like I got to write PHP. I can't write PHP in an iPhone app. So I need the data somehow. And so that's where APIs come in. So WordPress core has the REST API, which exposes data in one way. And WP GraphQL, I would say basically a competitor with the REST API. And uh, yeah, we're, with REST, if you were to if you were to build like post types with custom fields or taxonomy terms or whatever, to input the data with REST, the developer experience would be, okay, let's say a map, you would have maybe businesses and houses or something that you need to show on this map, right? And then maybe the city and the state and all these different points of data that you need to collect. With REST, you'd probably have a city endpoint, you probably have a state endpoint, you probably have a house endpoint, you probably have a business endpoint. And so to build this map, you'd have to hit all these different endpoints 
get whatever the server decides to give you, whether you want it or not, and then figure out how to combine that data into a map. Where with GraphQL, you can get all that data in one request and you can specify exactly what fields you need. So a business might have a hundred fields that somebody enters in the CMS, but you might only care about three of them. And so with GraphQL, you could specify, I just want the business name and address and phone number and all hundred other fields can stay behind. Like I don't need them. So with GraphQL, you specify that, but then you can, in a single request, you can ask for connected resources. Like you can ask for the business and then on that business, you could ask for the city and state that it is in and maybe homes in that area or whatever. So you can ask for like related data, no matter where you enter the graph, where with REST, everything is a resource and it puts a lot more work on the application developer to consume the data, wait for the data, and then figure out on their side, how can I make this stuff relate to each other and use it? So yeah, you end up in like RESTful applications, you end up fetching more data than you need while also not having enough data and usually having to make a round trip to get a related resource. So it ends up with a lot more network requests, a lot of client application overhead and figuring out how to filter the data, make it relate to each other, where GraphQL kind of solves that at the server level and gives client developers a lot more control, a lot less data passing over the wire and a lot less network requests. So I want to ask a question that, that might set the, set the tone for the rest of the conversation. Uh, you mentioned building something on Code Canyon right around the same time Pippin had started. One of the, the, the things that really got me into web technology and, and eventually found my way to WordPress was through uh, using Drupal and uh, specifically using CCK and views in Drupal, which are modules, if anybody that doesn't know, I've said this a million times on my show, but if anybody's listening to this now that has never heard this, it was a way for you to sort of build like the custom post types like we do now in WordPress, custom post types and custom fields. And then the views portion allowed me to display this stuff without writing the PHP. Mind you, this was like 18 years ago, right? So with the work that you've done up until this point, do you see that as the future of of WordPress, not even of just WP GraphQL, but do you see that as being so hand in hand with WordPress that it is literally the future of WordPress to be able to model this data, display this data for non-developers, or are we still so far out that this is really a stretch? Like we're talking years until something like that exists. We're already there, right? Like we have it and not necessarily centered around WP GraphQL, but we're already there, right? Like with Gutenberg and all these page builders, right? You got Beaver Builder and Divi and Elementor and all these things. So, right, like non-developers can click some buttons and design pages in WordPress and have a site up and running. Can't and you have built necessarily a page builder, iPhone right? One of, the, oh. one of the notes I have is you built a page <laughs> yeah. builder, right, back in the day. This was, shoot, eight, eight or so years ago. I worked with two other guys. We started a small company. They were designers. They did custom QR codes for businesses, right? They would brand your QR codes. This is, yeah, back when before QR codes were popular. Like now you go to a restaurant and every, every restaurant has a QR code for menu because of the COVID. And we, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. Uh, this was like back, I think by the time I had to move on and get a, another job, <laughs> I think at that time, the only, the only page builder in WordPress that I knew about, the, well, okay, there was two. There's Carrington Build by Crowd Favorite at the time. And it was I haven't heard the that name very, very time. early days yeah. of... 
Yeah, it was the very early days of Visual Composer 2, which most people seem to despise at this point, I guess. But the early days of it was like, I think, uh, pioneering for for what could be. But yeah, I think by the time we shut that down, it was, it was like, dang it, missed the boat there too, because all of a sudden there was this massive rise of page builders. Is there any kind of direct initiative to turn WP GraphQL into a builder or have a builder component so that people like me who are not intelligent to make API requests to write the code can kind of do this in an interface? I would say maybe. I would say WP GraphQL is really focused on the data, like more than anything. So like Gutenberg, for example, is a JavaScript implementation of, that uses the REST API. I would argue that something like GraphQL could make Gutenberg faster and easier to develop for than the REST API. So the oppor- there's opportunity to build kind of whatever you want, much like mm-hmm. WordPress itself, right? WordPress sure. has APIs like register post type, register taxonomy. And then it's kind of like up to you to figure out what to do with that. That's kind of where WP GraphQL is. It's like, how do we, it, it's kind of that layer of separating data from, from how it's rendered or where it's rendered. So that's kind of where where I'm at is like trying to formalize the data layer of WordPress a little bit more. And then any product can be built on it. One one unique thing, so like products like Gutenberg or whatever, or parts of WordPress like Gutenberg or page builders could benefit from the technology. There's a concept in GraphQL that REST doesn't have, and that's called subscriptions. So you have three three main ways to work with the GraphQL API. You have queries, which is asking for data mutations, which is sending data back to the server, like creating a post, for example. And then subscriptions is a third concept where you can subscribe to data. And in real time, as the data changes, you can get the fields that are important to you. So you can build potentially like collaborative editing with something like Gutenberg or any other page builder, because you could say, oh, this block, when it changes, when somebody else changes it, let me know about that and then I can render those changes, right? Or I can so so there's potential for the technology to enable tools like that. I don't see my spot or WP GraphQL spot in building those tools, just a way to make it possible. Possibly in the future, if I feel like, shoot, my time is done, like this is as good as it can get, then maybe I'll move on to building the implementations myself. For now, my spot is supporting other people that are building implementations on it. So yeah, there's there's definitely room though to rethink things that are old in WordPress, right? ACF is what, 10 years old or something like that. And custom post type UI is, is pretty old as well. So I think there's opportunity to rethink like how tools like that could could exist in an API driven world versus a monolithic WordPress world. So I think there's opportunity for new tools to exist in that space. And I think like uh, even where we're going with Gutenberg, and why this whole concept of API-driven WordPress is popular. You have React on the back end with Gutenberg now, but then you have to build React blocks to edit your content, and then you have to build PHP templates to render it. So you're, in many cases, you're duplicating yourself. You're writing the, the HTML and styles in JavaScript, and then you have to write your HTML in PHP again. And then with headless technology, we can use something like Gatsby or... Next.js or something like that. And then we developers can build React components for Gutenberg. The data can pass through an API like WP GraphQL, but then you can use the same React components in the front end 
as well. So the developer experience and there, but there's so much room for that. That doesn't exist yet. Like somebody still needs to, to build a, li- a little bit of that layer of like, how can I use react my react components on both sides? I'm facilitating the data flow a little bit, but yeah, there's plenty of room for that. I think there's plenty, we're already seeing like headless themes emerge. There's Gatsby WP themes.com is about mm-hmm. to launch in a, few weeks. So like you can go sign up for their list right now. And they use WP GraphQL so that you can build themes in Gatsby, which is a separate, not associated with WordPress in any way formally system for building React templates. So they're getting ready to launch. If you look at Theme Forest, just like search Gatsby, you can see there's like maybe a dozen themes for sale now. And even though I think I searched earlier this week and it was like, shoot, like half of these are just from 2021. Right. There's not, it's not many. It's like WordPress, there's 20,000 themes for sale on ThemeForest. Gatsby, there's maybe a dozen or so. So you can see there's an emerging market. We're super early in the game, but there's a market for building a React JavaScript based themes that still consume data from WordPress. So yeah, I think there's tons of opportunity in WP GraphQL enables that. Um, and there's no, th- those types of themes, like those Gatsby themes and those opportunities are still largely, you still have to be a developer in order to implement those types of things, right? You're not just going to map yeah. from the Matterport. not just going to install a Gatsby theme and he's, boom, my site's now powered by a Gatsby theme. It, like there's things I'll have to do to code at, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At the, at the moment, that's where we're at. I would say, I would say we're not far off though from a future where, like I was saying with Gutenberg, if we can bridge some of those gaps, then you could be at a point where you could click a button, have Gatsby running, and then drag and drop things around, and your Gatsby site would reflect those changes. So I I think we are not far off from a future where that will be possible. Like currently, my like WPGraphQL.com currently, now that it's built, I as a publisher, like I can go write a blog post and move things around. I use Gutenberg to create content for that site. And I can move stuff around, click publish, and my Gatsby site without having to touch code renders that data it, it as static, like it builds static files, deploys it to a CDN, and then my end users visit a static site, even though my content is changing in WordPress. So like once the thing is built, like you can use it in that way. I think there's there's so much room for those things to be built though. I don't see that. I, I don't see me necessarily working on those things. I plan on continuing working on that data layer that enables those things, mm-hmm. at least for the short term. I start my own fires in the WordPress space, right? <laughs> like, you know, mostly for like businesses and, and what I dub the, the blue collar digital worker, which I feel like I largely represent in, in the space because I feel like that's me. But I see these discussions with developers happening, like that model that you illustrated before about, well, we're making duplicate effort. We're building something in React only to write something in PHP. And we're just mirroring these efforts where if we just use WP GraphQL, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying this, of course, but if we just use WP GraphQL, maybe you're only doing this once instead of twice. And I see these conversations colliding on Twitter and in post status Slack and things like that of developers really having their mindset or mindset on one way of developing. Why isn't GraphQL just in core WordPress? Is this a thing that will happen in the future? Why is it an additional plugin? And do you ever see yourself just being part of WordPress core? Just like people rallied for 
the REST API. My God, I didn't know what people were saying when they were fighting for the REST API. I just knew I want that. It sounds good. Why isn't it there? Will we have GraphQL in the future? I imagine we probably will. I don't know what, what that timeline would look like. I think one one of the one of the big hesitations is like GraphQL is a specification for a query language and it's has nothing to do with WordPress, right? My implementation has to do with WordPress, but GraphQL is used across the world. GitHub has a GraphQL API, Yelp has a GraphQL API, Facebook has Gra- GraphQL APIs are everywhere, but the, the specification for GraphQL is updated every six months. And so sometimes that includes breaking changes or changes that need to be iterated on. And WordPress, like the WordPress REST API is not based on any specification. It's some WordPress flavor of REST, which is different than any other REST API in the world, right? Where GraphQL is like this common thing that is, I can use the same tool that I use for WP GraphQL, that I can use for GitHub's GraphQL, that I could use for Yelp's GraphQL, because it adheres to a specification. Where like WordPress, there's no tooling for WordPress REST API that I can also use for Google's REST API or GitHub's REST API. Like they all have to provide their own tooling, right? And so adhering to spec, that's a benefit is you can now have these interchangeable tools that work anywhere in the world on any technology. But the trade-off is this spec gets updated every six months. The REST API has largely not been updated. Minor changes here and there to support some Gutenberg features, but for the most part, it's not been updated. There's things that have been broken since it was merged that are still broken today. What are we, four years into it or something? And so once things make it to core, Gutenberg being the exception, you see very little iteration on it because all of a sudden 40% of the web is using it. It's hard to iterate, right? With plugins, you can iterate faster. So every six months when the GraphQL spec comes out, I can update. And then folks that find this API valuable to their site can opt into whatever version they would like to opt into. If they want to opt into two years ago version because they have users on it, let them do it. If they want the latest and greatest, let them do it. So that's that's kind of the beauty of the plugin ecosystem. I can iterate much faster. For example, I had two releases this week on the plugin and like you, you can't iterate like that in WordPress core. The, the flip side though is like the benefit it would bring to 40% of the web of being able to use GraphQL versus REST. I think there's big benefits even, even if maybe... We have to have that trade off of, okay, I don't know, let's say it happens June 2022 or something. I have no idea. That's no, I'm just making updates. But let's say that happened and GraphQL spec was updated December 2022. Okay, WordPress is just going to be on the June 2022 version of GraphQL forever. And then there's probably have to be a tooling ecosystem that emerges to support that version while the rest of the world moves on. Is that how we ended up in this mess? <laughs> you don't have to get WordPress political here, but yeah. is that how we ended up with our own flavor of of rest in in WordPress? But is because it was because WordPress is such a huge footprint that it could sort of bully its way into the room to to shape their rest a- rest API flavor uh, that way or but there were specific reasons no, why? Or? It's mostly because REST itself doesn't have a specification. So it's uh, it's not that WordPress is different than everybody else. It's that every REST and REST implementation is different than everyone else. So there there have been attempts at standardizing. Like there's standards like OData or Swagger. So there's there have been attempts at kind of adding a spec to REST. Like 
here's a here's a specific opinion on how to implement rest and then with that if you follow that then you get tools that you can use so if, if you've opted into one of those ecosystems then you can have tools that work with anybody else that's opted into that ecosystem but yeah rest is there's no specification for rest there's principles each resource has an endpoint but then what you do on that endpoint kind of up to you like and so yeah and like how you access it and how you pass arguments back to the server it's different everywhere yeah, it has nothing to do with like REST or WordPress, the team that worked on it for WordPress, like just being different for different sake. It's just sure. every REST API is different. The episode that just went out was with Miriam Schwab of Stratic, which is a static WordPress hosting yeah. platform. She, We talked about Jamstack and and sort of all of these, to, again, to oversimplify things, like I look at Jamstack and I look at a static delivery of, of websites or apps, and it, but it takes 12 different tools for me to do that versus I could just do it all with WordPress. And those those are the arguments. She did a talk that, that said the future of Jamstack is actually WordPress. Do you see Jamstack as the future of, of WordPress growth, right? To just have a WordPress instance to communicate to everything from your refrigerator to your S3 bucket? <laughs> I think mature APIs in WordPress will help WordPress grow because then it opens up how WordPress can be used outside of just PHP themes, right? So that's a growth opportunity for WordPress. And then I agree with what Miriam said. I think, I yeah, Jamstack stands for JavaScript APIs and markup. API being the center of it, WP GraphQL is an API. So if you're building these JavaScript API markup driven sites, your API could just be like a JSON file locally or whatever, or it could be a remote server like WordPress and WP GraphQL. So like when it, the year and a half I spent at Gatsby, we worked on a Gatsby source WordPress plugin so that you could use Gatsby with WordPress as your CMS. Not quite to the point where everything is point and click yet. You still kind of have to have a developer to get things set up at least. But like I explained earlier, I now, now that things are set up, I can publish content in WordPress and do my thing in WordPress and and Gatsby's running for me. And so I don't have to be a developer to continue to use it. And so with, with a little bit of more work, there can be point and click things that set up Gatsby for me, configure Gatsby to talk to WordPress for me, and then I don't have to be a developer to do any of it. We're not far from that future. And so, yes, in my opinion, 40% of the web's content creators are creating content in WordPress. And most developers coming out of boot camps and whatever are learning React and JavaScript, not PHP. And so we're at this kind of intersection where we we need to support people that have been trained on these tools to create content for the web while allowing developers to use modern tooling that they've been trained on. And an API like WP GraphQL allows for that intersection to happen where you can build React apps on one side, but still use the CMS that people are familiar with. And th and there's real benefits. It's, it's like React and stuff is getting popular because there are real benefits to it, not just because it's Twitter said it was cool. Uh, there's like there's like real benefits that WordPress can't, with a PHP templating system, you can't compete with. If you, if like anything with state, like a slideshow, for example, that changes state from one slide to the next or whatever. In WordPress, the developer experience is build my PHP to render my HTML and then on queue jQuery to handle the state management, like rotating slides when a user clicks something. 
and then a separate file for CSS, right? So the developer experiences one thing I want to build, but three files that I need to support it, three different languages, whatever. And then over time, okay, cool. That's fine. Like when you're building it, that's fine. Like it's easy as the person building it. A year from now, when somebody who didn't build it has to make updates to it, understanding that this PHP works with this jobs, with this jQuery works with this CSS. If you didn't build it, that can be difficult to figure out how these all work together. Where React and Vue, for example, component-based architectures allows me to build one file, like a slideshow file, for example, where I can have my HTML, my styles, and my state for rotating slides in a single file or a single collection of files or whatever. So as a developer, like if I want to change my markup and I need to change styles that are associated with it, I can do it in one spot. And then in WordPress, if you want to change styles, you end up, you can go look at almost any WordPress site and go to the bottom of their CSS. You'll see important, 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 right? Because over time you're like, shoot, Looks like I, I change the this. When you see that. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, if I none, change this. Important, important, important. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, cause you have this fear. Like if I change this thing that's existed for so long, what are the side effects? I don't know. Where component-based architectures in React and Vue is the style and the markup are right next to each other. So if you ever change this, you can safely change that. And 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 your tech debt goes away as you iterate. So it solves real problems that actually benefit the end user. Which is, So that's the third party. You got the publisher, the developer, and the end user. And so headless architecture, as it matures, it, it benefits all users. Where right now, WordPress kind of benefits too. It benefits the, the content publisher and the end user in most cases but the develop the developer has to suffer right which like stack overflow every year right does their survey and wordpress is always the most dreaded platform there's opportunity to change that so that it, it actually can be win 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 for all parties developers can be happy using apis and modern javascript that that they enjoy using and content publishers can keep publishing the way they're used to it and end users can still get a fast website and in cases like gatsby or next that can statically output your site and serve from a CDN, they can get even faster websites in, in many cases. For people who are listening to this, and and what I really mean is me, as a product creator in the <laughs> WordPress space, when people listen to what you're saying, they look from the outside what WP GraphQL can do for them, and they're a product builder like me. I have a plugin called Easy Support Videos. There's a new version coming out. It's this little plugin that allows people to embed videos inside the WordPress admin. So if you want to train and educate your customers or your staff who's using WordPress, you pop in a video, everyone's happy. They can kind of learn how to do whatever it is that you're trying to teach them how to do inside of WordPress. And I'm like, boy, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a cloud platform for this and I could distribute videos across all, many WordPress sites all at once? And Maybe WP GraphQL could do this. Is there a way for product owners, plugin developers to take advantage of the power of WP GraphQL, but without having to have their end user also install the plugin? And I don't mean it from like a like a bad way, but it's just you know how hard it is to get a no, yeah, a tech user to do a non-tech user to do something. How can they leverage that power? Is there a way to do that inside of their own products? I would I would say it's more no than yes right now. Um, sure. I would say the target that if, if you're building something on WordPress, like you said, you might have a global distribution of these videos, right? So that platform can be built on WordPress and have GraphQL API. And then a plugin the users install 
can talk to your service via WP GraphQL queries. So that, in that case, cool, yeah. If you're building like stuff where you install it in WordPress and the UIs are all in WordPress and whatever, since since WP GraphQL is not in core, it does get difficult because if if two plugins had a GraphQL dependency, but one has GraphQL version one and one has GraphQL version two, then you got, well, shoot, how do we resolve this? Because the nature of GraphQL is one endpoint, not two endpoints. There's possible ways like you could maybe work around that to expose like version one in one way and version two in another way. But then, yeah, it, it, it would get pretty weird. So that that's like on the flip side, like why being in core could see obviously like explosive growth. But yeah, it's so, so yeah, more no than yes. <laughs> yeah. I think there's there's clever people that are figuring it out. I think Event Event Espresso has a WP GraphQL dependency for parts of their app. I don't know exactly how they're handling it. If they're bundling it as part of their plugin or asking people to install it, I'm not sure. I just mm-hmm. I collaborate with their team a little bit in the WP GraphQL Slack. So I know they're they're doing a lot of stuff with it. I don't know the full context of it though. Yeah. So everyone listening should just go to change.org, start a petition. Let's get this thing into <laughs> WordPress core. What have been some of the coolest or maybe the scale, most scalable apps you've seen, or not even apps, but websites, cool things that you've seen built with, with your tool over the last six months to a year that people could look at and go, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is potential for me too. Is there any one or two projects that you've seen that, wow, really knocked it out of the park using this stuff? I. Uh, yeah, some really cool ones. Okay, so actually just yesterday, the ver- the QZ.com, their large publisher hosted on WordPress VIP, just yesterday, so they're actually the first site that went to production with WP GraphQL back in like late 2017, I think. This is before I was using it in production myself. So they 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 took it to production before me. This was version 0.1.2 that they were on. Just yesterday they launched their new version using WP GraphQL 1.1.3, which was just released a few weeks ago. So they they went two and a half years of updates and just yesterday. So that's a really cool story because they're a massive publication, lots of traffic, lots of content, lots of content creators. So it's a decoupled JavaScript front end and WordPress backend. So that's really cool. And then a couple more. So DM is like a cryptocurrency or whatever project from back by Facebook. It used to be Libra. They launched their site about a month ago or so. I don't remember exact date, but uh, somewhere around a month ago, I think. And so that's using Gatsby on the front end and WordPress as the CMS and WP GraphQL as the API. So Facebook, Facebook is the creators of GraphQL and now they're using WP GraphQL. So it was like, it was like, uh, career moment for me. I'm like, holy shoot, like the people that invented this technology are using my implementation of it now. This is amazing. Bluehost in the latter half of last year released their blog as a Gatsby application using WP GraphQL to get data out of WordPress into Gatsby. And then Apollo GraphQL is a pretty popular GraphQL consumer and they rebuilt with WordPress and Gatsby with WP GraphQL as well. So uh, those are some some of the big projects because Apollo... Apollo was the reason I heard about GraphQL and now they're using my implementation. Facebook created GraphQL and they're using my implementation. So it's holy shoot. And then, uh, you know, Bluehost obviously is like a pretty well-known name in, in WordPress space. They're using my implementation and now I That's work awesome. at WP Engine, another well-known yeah. company in the space and they're investing in it too. So, What are you doing over at WP Engine? What's the new role? And is it any different than what you were handling uh, with Gatsby? 
Yeah, it's large. It's largely the same. So like my role at Gatsby, for the most part, was to focus on WP GraphQL. Like I was there a year and a half. And in that time, we had 53 releases of WP GraphQL. So maturing the API, supporting users that are using it and whatnot. Like we have 15 or 1600 people in the WP GraphQL Slack. And I'm the primary support person in there. And then GitHub triage and Whatever. So that's my primary goal is, uh, is, or my primary job is maintaining the plugin and maturing it, fixing bugs, whatever. So that was my job at Gatsby. I also worked on Gatsby specific things. So there's a plugin called WP Gatsby that handles listening to events in WordPress and syncing it with Gatsby. So that was like a very specific Gatsby project that I worked on. And then I also worked a little bit on the JavaScript side of consuming data from WordPress into Gatsby. Not, not as much, but some. So WP Engine, same thing. They're investing in WP GraphQL. Like both companies, Gatsby and WP Engine, see it as kind of like a public service, like the REST API, right? Yeah, maybe there's potential to monetize it or whatever, but it's really just a valuable tool for the ecosystem. I could have probably gone a monetization route and charged for it and may or may not have seen the growth we're seeing. But to me, it's like a public service for the community. And so WP Engine is investing in that vision as well giving me a salary in exchange for building this tool for the community and supporting people that are trying to use WordPress. It it exposes WordPress to a new market, right? Uh, You have, like I said, all these new developers are learning JavaScript. You graduate from a bootcamp or university or whatever, or even go to YouTube and, and teach yourself development, you're learning JavaScript. If you're trying to learn web development today, you're learning JavaScript. And, and so there's a whole new market that might not even know about WordPress, right? If you're learning web development today, you're not learning WordPress. You might not even know what it is, but, but now you have this way to use WordPress. So we can, WordPress can continue to grow by bringing in this other market of people that want to use this other technology. So WP Engine sees the the value in that and is investing in that. So I'll keep maintaining it. There are other initiatives like centered around headless WordPress that I'll contribute to at least and some sort of provide my experience and things I've learned in the past and like how we can help shape the future headless WordPress. Yeah, my primary thing is still maintaining WP GraphQL and its immediate ecosystem. That's awesome stuff. Jason Ball, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today, talking about this crazy developer world that you live in. I don't know what it, I don't know anything about it. I just like to observe from the sidelines, but I know folks like you are making uh, a huge contribution uh, to the growth of WordPress, and I do applaud you uh, on that. I'm sure everyone else listening does as well. Where can folks find you to say thanks? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter under Jason Ball, J-A-S-O-N-B-A-H-L, uh, and then also WP GraphQL on Twitter, WPGraphQL.com. No spaces or dashes or anything just wpgraphql.com github is a good place wp this one does have dashes wp-graphql is on uh, github and then and then slack we have like i mentioned we have 16 15 or 1600 people in slack if you're looking at using the stack or just have questions about it that's a great place there's a lot of community members in there that are helping each other and there's a in a github readme there's a link where anybody can join so it's open to the public there but yeah those are probably the best places twitter GitHub, Slack, and WPGraphQL.com. Great stuff. Everybody else, MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode. Hello, dear listener. Did you like today's show? I hope you did. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Can I tell you about two things you should get involved with before you move on to your next podcast? 
Number one, check out my new plugin, Easy Support Videos, at easysupportvideos.com. It's a smashing way to support your WordPress clients right in their WordPress dashboard using your own videos. Create a screencast, upload it to a place like Vimeo, and embed it on any page inside of the WordPress admin. Check it out, easysupportvideos.com. Number two, I'm launching a new podcast. Check out thewpminute.com. It's a weekly podcast giving you the best of WordPress news in five minutes or less. Get your headlines before you get lost in your headlines. Thewpminute.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe, and we'll see you in the next episode.